0: And so this red and near-infrared light, when it activates in a cell that also has methylene blue, you have some real magic that happens.
1: You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer turned high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting-edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi friends, I have a fun biohacking episode for you today. We're going to be talking all about mitochondrial health, brain health, red and near-infrared light therapy, how you can use it in conjunction with powerful compounds like methylene blue, fasting, consciousness, and a whole lot more. You'll also hear about my funny experiment with a meditation mist that my guest sent to me. My guest today is Dr. John Lawrence, who is an author, physician, lecturer, and scientific advisor for MitoZen. He's an educator seeking to help people with their vitality, longevity, and enhanced consciousness. This is a really wide-ranging interview. We didn't get to everything I wanted to speak about, so I think John will be coming back but we do get into a lot of things. So enjoy this episode. So John, it's so great to have you here. I've been really, really looking forward to to hooking up and getting together and talking about this and how people can really optimize their energy, their mitochondrial health, and also their sleep. Uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
0: Thanks, Angela. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. for our conversation today.
1: I'm really excited too. and and having tried some of your some of your products, I'm really really thrilled to dive into how they work. Let's start with because I know a lot of my audience are really interested. they're they're high performers and they're interested in energy optimization. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people have heard the term mitochondria. They know that it's critical, both in terms of energy and longevity. but can you kind of briefly summarize why what mitochondria are and why they're so critical to our health?
0: Oh, great. Great start. Yeah. So let's build a foundation here for people. Um, So in essence, your body uses glucose and oxygen, and this gets combined in a structure called a mitochondria. And each cell has a varying amount of mitochondria depending on their energy demands. For instance, there's parts of the brain that have up to 2 million mitochondria per cell in an area called the substantia nigra which is the area that goes south in parkinson's and then there's heart muscles that can have a couple of thousand mitochondria and i think the average cell has a few hundred um and so within these mitochondria there's there's a situation that's called the electron transport chain and this is where um, the mitochondria is moving electrons in the process of moving electrons it's considered an exothermic chemical reaction, meaning it produces heat. So the body harnesses that heat and it and it uses that heat to convert um, some, all of these products into ATP. And the ATP is like the currency. It's kind of like the gasoline would be to a car. And so this process can either be efficient or it can be non-efficient. And when you have an efficient process, you're burning less glucose and less oxygen, and you're producing less free radicals. And so what this means is that if we can be more efficient with our energy production, that we're going to produce less smog, right? So less oxidative stress, and we're going to be able to consume less, um, less of these vital nutrients in order to make energy. So a young person who, who has a lot of health and who has low inflammation is going to probably be much more efficient with their energy production. And as we get older, we get less efficient and the mitochondria become problematic. And this is um, linked to most diseases and aging, because as we produce less energy, we can think about this energy as life force or universe, you know, the, the fuel for universal intelligence to flow through the body and when you talk to holistic practitioners or natural orientated, um, um, people, then the common kind of ideas that the body has this innate intelligence within it that can heal and that when we run out of energy, we don't have the ability to express health. And then disease presents itself based on certain genetics and certain environmental triggers. And so there's a strategy um, that we call metabolic medicine. And this is a mitochondrial-based angle in medicine where we're more focused on allowing that efficient production of energy with minimum smog or um, um, pollution from the energy that's produced from the glucose and the oxygen um, such that it can drive that, that life force for the healing effect. And that uh, often many times diseases don't even present themselves because the homeostasis or that, um, underlying, um, health status is, is adequately handled so that we're, we're able to adapt to stressors. And so, um, we have to be able to detox and we often, we have to have, um, adequate fuel delivery. We have to be able to produce proteins. We have to be able to, um, maintain our um, cellular membranes and keep our response to stresses to a minimum inflammatory response. And if we can do all of these things, then we can be at our peak performance and our most vital self.
1: Thank you for that. That's a really helpful summary. Uh, I, I want to circle back to what you're talking about there in terms of universal energy and life force, because I just think that's a super interesting angle that I want to come back to. When we're looking at it from a more kind of physiological or biological perspective, what would be the things that people need to think about that might damage their mitochondria? You've mentioned, obviously, oxidative stress to a degree there. Inflammation, I think, pays a part. But for someone listening to this, if they really want to have good mitochondrial health, what are the key things that they need to be thinking about?
0: Oh, excellent question. And, you know, we can make it really simple. There's two primary stressors that generally will have a a negative impact on our health and our life force, and that's going to be infection and toxicity. And it's usually both. And so this is what I find at the root of virtually all diseases. So we have a, um, a clinic in Sarasota, Florida, and we do, um, I guess what most people would consider alternative medicine. Um, we use various IVs and different physical adjustments and different oxygen therapies and detox, um, protocols, stem cell therapy, et cetera. And, um, these, these approaches um, tend to act towards minimizing the um, the um, the load of infection within the body. Often, we'll see Lyme disease or mold or Epstein Barr or um, different types of herpes viruses, and so um, we test for that. <clears throat> and um, one. Part that I think is really interesting when we, when we're in the the conversation of infections, um, let's look at what I call the doorways to the body. And um, Ganesh is the Hindu kind of elephant, you know, that is um, a lot. Some people wear T-shirts right with Ganesh, and they say "remover of obstacles." Right, I've got a couple of T-shirts like that myself. And so um, I look at Ganesh as the energetic of um doorways right and so we have doorways in the body and so i've created something called the ganesh protocol where we're taking care of our doorways because infections that are in the outside world getting into the inside world and then what happens is these infections produce a byproduct um which i guess you could say is kind of like their excrement it's like this toxic outgassing that infections produce that are in our body and they're called endotoxins. And endotoxins are incredibly inflammatory. And so uh, the, the primary three doorways are the nasal passage, the mouth and the mucosa. And when you talk about the mouth, you have to look at um, root canals. You have to look at um, different cavitations from wisdom teeth removed, Removed, but you also have to look at the health of the gingiva. Um, candida can be occupying the, 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 the mouth. Um, And just overall, just oral hygiene. And then we have the colon, right? So the colon and the digestive tract um, is extremely important. And most of the situations that occur there are certain types of bugs that are growing that shouldn't grow, right? And so we call that dysbiosis. And it's kind of a lack of balance of the good versus the bad bacteria. So by looking at these three doorways and focusing on... um, keeping them healthy and clean, we can see a radical improvement in patients level of inflammation in the body. And in order to really appreciate this, because we're, you know, we're kind of in the process that this conversation is both fusing toxins and infections, because we're talking about an infection producing a toxin, right? And most of the toxins that get us in trouble are fat soluble. And so the body has a t- hard time like cleaning them out and where they accumulate is in our cell membranes and the cell membranes are kind of like where, um, the rubber meets the road as far as like cellular activation and communication with the outside world, and the inside world and hormone activation. And, um, so when we start to get heavy metals and we start to get endotoxins and, um, various other types of pesticides and chemicals, accumulating on these cell membranes, we start to run into quite a bit of inflammation and poor. And we have a membrane around our mitochondria as well, which we really need to pay attention to. So healthy, my, healthy cell membranes is also something that I think a lot of people can really pay attention to. And um, some of the key points that I would bring up to take care of your cell membranes would be just don't eat vegetable oil because vegetable oil is also a toxin. And it takes up to two years to turn over your cell membrane. So we have to really be careful about how we're what we're introducing into our, our body and the length of time that we might want to think about detoxing our body. Um, so heavy metals are something you can you can test for. Um, we talked about taking care of your doorways. Um, you can test for various other infections. You can minimize your exposure to a lot of, um, chemicals in our environment, you know, drinking clean water, um, different types of, um, makeup and shampoos and cleaning supplies. Um, a lot of these can be, um, you know, um, laundry detergent, et cetera. So all of these things really accumulate. I don't think it's common that it's just one thing that is the catalyst that really puts people into, um, a danger situation, but it's the accumulation of all these things that really start to get us in trouble.
1: Detoxification is so important now more than ever with the number of toxins we are exposed to daily in our food, water, personal care products, and environment. No matter how careful we are, it's impossible to totally get away from the chemicals. And we also have to think about detoxifying the toxins we produce through cellular respiration and clearing excess hormones like oestrogen. Our skin is one of the key ways we detoxify, and that's why I love to include sauna as part of my weekly routine. But going to a facility with a sauna can be time-consuming, and investing in one yourself has been expensive in the past. That's why I love Bond Charges Sauna Blanket. It has so many benefits from raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise, so you burn calories whilst you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. The sweating helps flush out heavy metals and other toxins, and the infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you, meaning you get the same benefits at a lower heat. BonCharge's sauna blanket is easy to set up, taking less than a minute. It heats up rapidly and you can enjoy a session for 30 to 40 minutes whilst relaxing, reading, watching TV or even meditating. So you can truly stack your hacks. BonCharge's sauna blanket is also low EMF compared to other brands on the market and it's the quickest on the market to heat up. So it's an easy thing to fit in. When I'm not working out in the morning, you'll find me meditating in my Bond Charge sauna blanket with their red light therapy mask on my face, boosting collagen while I relax. And Bond Charge are giving listeners of this podcast 20% off their sauna blankets, red light therapy devices and other wellness products. Bond Charge ship worldwide in rapid time with free shipping on every sauna blanket and 12 months warranty. Simply go to bondcharge.com forward slash Angela and enter code Angela20 at checkout. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com forward slash A-N-G-E-L-A and use code ANGELA20 to save yourself 20%. And when we're looking at kind of optimizing, you were talking about the electron transport train there a little bit earlier. Um, one of the key things, obviously I think is eating plenty of foods that are rich in antioxidants, right? Because they can donate electrons, but also you have some, some products, uh, that I'm very interested in because i tried your methylene blue, uh, and it was much stronger than other ones that I've had. And I definitely noticed a profound uptick in my energy after taking it, um, you know, some people listening to this will definitely have experimented with methylene blue. They've probably seen me with the blue tongue <laughs> on social mm-hmm. media on occasion. Um, can you explain a little bit about how that works and when people might want to be taking methylene
0: blue? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, one point I would want to make, too, is that it's not always about um, consuming a lot of antioxidants. In fact, oxidation can be very beneficial to the system. And this falls within kind of the subject of hormesis. And this is where a stressor in a certain dosage gives us a net gain in health. If you exceed that dosage, you can get into what's called like the danger um, danger zone where then it becomes problematic. But for instance, ozone, which is three oxygen molecules that are fused together is one of the most oxidative substances on the planet, if not the... And we use this intravenously, we use this um, rectally with patients, we have patients, you know, we pump it into their ears. Um, There's a number of different applications to the use of ozone therapy. And one might think, well, why would you want to expose the body to such a dangerous oxidative stressor? And the answer is that in the right dosage, uh, um, this ozone stimulates your antioxidant pathways to really wake up and kick in. And it, um, it's extremely, the, these oxidized fats that float in your blood when the ozone is exposed to it, um, become extremely beneficial messenger molecules. Um, you also get a very high enhancement of oxygen delivery and the ozone's antimicrobial. So we use it a lot for people that have infections, Um, and orthopedic wise, you know, we do, um, ozone injections into knees and joints and the spine. It's a whole thing, um, that most people really haven't heard of, but it's the name of that treatment is called prolozone. And so, um, this ozone can literally be injected into areas of the body with, um, very, very powerful um, healing effects. So let's circle back to methylene blue. I I'm glad you brought that up because it's literally, one of my two favorite molecules, along with melatonin, and I discovered um, methylene blue um, many, many years ago. And it wasn't. Um, it took me a while to really get on board with it because there was so many, there was so much information when I searched online that would be pro, and a lot that would be against it. And it just seemed like it was too dangerous to kind of mess around with, and there was a lot of unknowns and. Um, I followed uh, a scientist, um, Francisco Gonzalez Lima, who is really the foremost authority on studying methylene blue. And after studying him for some time, I started to um, experiment with, with using methylene blue. And I found that it was literally one of the most powerful brain enhancing substances that I've ever used but I also found it to be an incredibly effective clinical tool for me to use in the clinic for patients with various infections um, because it's, it's history is really, really interesting. Um, maybe we, is that okay? If maybe we dive a little yeah, bit. Yeah. In?
1: Let's dive into really. it. Yeah, for sure. Really, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's, okay. let's do that. So in the 1800s um, they were experimenting with um trying to figure out a cure for malaria. And so they had to stain the the parasites that that carry the malaria so that then when they introduced the different medicines that they were going to experiment with, they could observe in the microscope, whether it was going to be effective at killing it or not. So as soon as they introduced the dye, which was methylene blue, they noticed that it basically just killed the parasite. So they immediately had their cure. And what they found was something really interesting is that Methylene blue had this effect where it would have this affinity towards the mitochondria. And so it made a perfect substance to stain nerve tissue. And so that they could use this as a stain at, while they did dif- different dissections. And then they found they discovered later on that it was very powerful as an antimicrobial, and they just could not find anything that was negative about it. And so then the the term magic bullet was coined. Um, based on a substance that had far reaching beneficial healing effects to the body, but yet left the body completely unharmed. And this has been my experience with methylene blue is that um, there's very little downside to it. Um, There is a lot of information out there that um, makes it sound like it could be dangerous and really very high doses of methylene blue could be, but within the therapeutic kind of window of a half of a milligram to four milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Um, you're well within the safety zone. Um, and so what does methylene blue do and how does it, um, have a positive effect on the body? So as I mentioned, methylene blue has an affinity to the mitochondria. And so the methylene blue is a brilliantly blue salt. And so it reflects blue and it absorbs red. Okay. Okay. And so when methylene blue gets into the mitochondria, it does something really unique, something that they've never seen any molecule um, do besides methylene blue is it works on, so we talked in the beginning about the rest, the the electron transport chain, right? It's within the mitochondria, you're looking to move electrons and the mitochondria moves those electrons through four primary uh, protein complexes. And they're named based on complex one, two, three, and four. And as those electrons kind of move from one complex to the other to the next, this is the electron transport chain. The last complex four is called cytochrome C. And so what they found is that methylene blue upregulates all four of these complexes. And on average, it upregulates the entire system about 30%. Now, what's really, really interesting is because methylene blue absorbs red light, you can apply red light in the form of 660 nanometers, which is common for a lot of these red light panels. Um, Sauna space makes some great um, incandescent lamps that are very good. The sun has a lot of, so you want near infrared really. And so this red and near-infrared light, when it activates in a cell that also has methylene blue, you have some real magic that happens. Um, in fact, we have a pro- an IV protocol here in the clinic where we literally do intravenous methylene blue, but then we take an, a, a laser that's applied into the vein and then we directly radiate the blood with this 660 nanometer. And I've seen it literally like, clear up COVID within a day. Like wow. it, Like this should have been, I, I wanted to shout this off the rooftops because I couldn't believe what I was seeing in the clinic. Um, and there was a handful of very fortunate people that sought me out and found me um, that I was able to work with. And um, because of the situation that happened here in the United States, and definitely in, I know in UK as well, is the the media really shut out. Um, any narrative that was outside of um, herd immunity through vaccines. So whether it was colloidal silver or methylene blue or high dose vitamin C or ivermectin or any of the things that really made sense, um, these things were frowned upon and anybody that was talking about them was, was um, in jeopardy of um, having some trouble, you know, and I ran into some trouble Uh, with some of the things I was discussing with, um, particularly with melatonin, and um, there's really a rich conversation that can be had about melatonin and and COVID as well, which if we have time, we can kind of dive into. But what happens is um, methylene blue, in combination with colloidal silver, in combination with red light, has a profound impact on things like HIV, things like herpes, um, COVID, um virtually every virus, um, it, it, it has a very broad spectrum um, and powerful effect. This is above and beyond this powerful um, effect on energy, but there is a commonality because when we have an infection, if if we understand really what happens to at a cellular level, when an individual has an infection, and what happens where we lose that battle and we really get sick, then we can really understand things like melatonin and methylene blue. And this is basically it in a nutshell. And you'll have to hang in with me here because if you can, if you can pick this up, this is really, really big stuff because it's really at the core of um, understanding um, how we can live longer and be healthier. And it's this, we make energy in the mitochondria. When we make energy in the mitochondria, we get a full 32 to 38 ATPs from one molecule of glucose. Okay. When the inflammation in the cell gets to a certain level, the mitochondria say, I can't work in this environment. They shut down. That energy gets thrown out of the mitochondria into an area of the cell called the cytosol, which is kind of the inner guts of the cell. And the energy is then made in the cytosol. And the name of this is called the cell danger response, or another word for it is the Warburg effect. And it's named after Otto Warburg, because this is in essence, what happens to cancer cells, right? Cancer cells get to a level where there's so much stress and just remember stress and inflammation are the same thing, okay? Because all stresses show up a level of inflammation we get that certain level of of stress or inflammation, and then there's a shut off of the mitochondria and it moves out into the cytosol. And so it goes from aerobic aerobic, um, glycolysis to anaerobic glycolysis. So um, this is with oxygen and then without oxygen. So when we make the energy outside of the mitochondria, it's 10% as effective as it would be within the mitochondria. So now let's back up and think about an individual that has an infection. We are infected. Those bugs start to multiply and multiply and multiply. They're producing those endotoxins we talked about. The inflammation starts to rise and rise and rise and rise. And when it gets to a certain level, our energy then shuts down. So the energy within our immune cells are fighting this battle, right? They need that mitochondria within these white blood cells and macrophages and so forth to carry on this battle. And so just imagine that you're fighting this battle and all of a sudden you have 90% of your troops that fall out. And then you're expected to fight this battle with just 10% of your troops. This is where we really get into trouble with infections. And this is where a lot of times people have um, severe um cytokine storm. And that's where you pass and you die, right? This is where most old people, this is how they die is their mitochondrial um, uh, fortitude is not to the point to handle that level of inflammation. And a lot of it ties into the melatonin because melatonin sits in every mitochondria and keeps that cell danger response from happening. And you can give exogenous melatonin, which can bring the energy back into the mitochondria. And that's why um, there's studies on infections and survival, like literally with and without um, melatonin going from like 6% survival to like, you know, almost 90% survival when introduced with lethal viruses. So it can be quite alarming. Um, uh, the, High-dose melatonin is really more preferred. And I wrote a book called Melatonin Miracle Molecule, which is on Amazon. And we take a deep dive into virtually every disease um, based on various organ systems and conditions. And we talk about how melatonin plays a part in this and how melatonin protects your body from stressors. And it's, I call it like the ultimate vitality nutrient. Now you can't get melatonin um orally, um, methylene blue, you can. Methylene blue actually absorbs very, very well orally. Um, melatonin's a different story. You need to get melatonin. Um, my preference is rectally with a um suppository, um, but also a liposomal would be the next best thing, um, which is also oral, but it's wrapped in a liposome, so it can enter the bloodstream. Sorry, um, you
1: broke up slightly there. What what would be best? orally that you said was liposomal?
0: Um, Well, we- In
1: relation to melatonin, I caught you, you said rectally, and then there was another method.
0: Liposomal.
1: Liposomal, okay.
0: Yeah, so I should probably disclose, um, I'm involved with a company called MitoZen and MitoZen.club is a private membership um, uh, um, association and we produce um, a variety of unique nutrients. Um, We have a methylene blue product um, called Lumital Blue, and we have a a few different versions of a high dose melatonin um, called Sandman.
1: One of the many benefits of being part of my membership, the Female Biohacker Collective, is that you get to ask my special podcast guests your questions. And my members have the wonderful opportunity of asking Dr. Mindy Bouts their questions in relation to fasting, optimizing around the menstrual cycle and perimenopause and a whole lot more. If you'd like to be part of an amazing community of women and get your questions answered alongside monthly live masterclasses, biohacking toolkits, and live challenges with me and my team, then head over to www.femalebiohacker.com to learn more. That's www.femalebiohacker.com to learn more. I want to come back to my, uh, melatonin in just a second, uh, cause I want to talk about the methylene blue, obviously you're talking there about disease states and how methylene blue can be helpful, but you know, I've also used it in terms of like just for performance benefits and for energy and focus and concentration. And when I took your, um, methylene blue, I know it's coupled, which I'm interested in some other nutrients that I saw that were in there as well. I think as has quercetin if I remember correctly, some other things, um, Can you explain, like, I guess, two things? One is, how might we use methylene blue to enhance our daily life? So when would we take it if, let's say, in a healthy individual who just wants to improve their energy and their output across the day – um, and what would we, what would be the benefit then of also taking it prior, either to sun exposure or infrared sauna or red light therapy, um, and and what would be the optimal kind of timing and dosing, and also the other complementary things that's in your methylene, in mitozens methylene
0: blue. Okay, great question, Angela. Um, so, uh, since uh, methylene blue enhances mitochondrial function, um, you know, around thirty percent. Um, it allows you to make energy independent of oxygen. And so methylene blue acts as both an electron donor and an electron acceptor. So it's a pro-oxidant and an antioxidant. So it literally turns your cells into like these kind of Tesla coils. Like it's almost like this, like super energy producing um, machines. And so for an individual that is looking for athletic performance enhancement, um, lifting more weight, having more endurance, um, this can be a, a real um, um, a real edge. And so, maybe an executive that is looking for some something to improve their um, brain power, to enhance um, uh, dual tasking and um, communication with other people, and just memory and and just overall um, brain performance. You know, this is probably one of the best. Substance I found um, dosage-wise, it's different for everybody. But on average, I'm finding in my clinic that most people um, are around, you know, 70 to 80 milligrams a day. Um, I would say um, a female, kind of like 110 pounds, 115 pounds or less, might start out with 40 milligrams and um, And, you know, the average male, I think is, you know, fairly, um, well off to start with, with 80. Now you can go lower than that. Um, if, if one wants to start lower and kind of play with, um, what works best for them and you can go higher than that. And, um, when you start getting higher than say like four milligrams per kilogram of body weight, um, you can do that. Although. I would definitely suggest that you're not on an SSRI or anything that would be um, utilizing serotonin, just because there is a bit of a risk there. But there's um, there's very little risk with lower dosage, um, with within this kind of zone that we're talking about, and SSRIs together. So if you are on SSRIs, um, this might be something to really look at as even an alternative, because they've done large clinical trials on methylene blue and depression. So one added benefit that a lot of people will find is their mood will be enhanced. You'll feel happier. And that's always nice, right?
1: Mm, it's always <laughs> so, nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and really the studies that they did on depression, they were going up to 500 milligrams um, per, per day with a lot of these people, these individuals. And they found that for the mood uplifting effect, um, much higher doses seem to work better. Um, I think when one individual is looking to fight a an infection, higher doses might be more applicable. So, like if you have something happening that you're wanting some extra support, you might even dose 80 milligrams twice a day um, for a few days. So it can be used kind of in the medicine cabinet for different situations. Um, and then there may be a lower dose that you might find beneficial just for that um no tropic effect, for that brain enhancing effect, but you have to play around with it and see what works for you. The other caveat that I would suggest is that every, excuse me, every so often you want to take a break from taking the methylene blue so that your body can kind of like clear it out of the mitochondria, because otherwise there's just like a slight buildup that happens every day. And what can happen is that you can get to a point where you're taking methylene blue. And then all of a sudden, you know, I don't really feel great. Like I feel like I'm a little lethargic. And this has actually happened to me a few times as well. And I've had this reported by other people and you take a couple of days off and then you're right back in the game. And so Um, I've been as conservative with um, my suggestions as taking 10 days on and two days off. Um, I think that a lot of people can go much longer, um, maybe three weeks on and then a few days off. Um, I've had some people um, say that they like to go two or three days on and then two or three days off. And that works better for them. Um, Point being is that everybody's different, right? And everybody's going to have a different speed of clearing the methylene blue. So after you take it, you'll notice your urine turns blue and however long your urine stays blue after a dose is really your clearance. So some people clear in um, less than a day. Some people take two or three days to clear. I've actually heard of people. I did not
1: notice this after I took it, but then I've taken it like intermittently. Should I have noticed? Definitely.
0: How much did you take?
1: So in your yours looked like the similar to the trickies, so I took a quarter of one.
0: okay well, you could probably um you might have been hydrating pretty well, right oh, so yeah. it might have been slightly blue, but it had there had to be some in your urine because that's the way that the body excretes it but forty milligrams is not is not a high dose. so if you took forty and then you were hydrating pretty well you just you might have missed it
1: okay and when you take it in relation to that like i noticed so i actually first of all didn't read the instructions because uh, another companies that i had taken said to take it sublingually and actually uh hold it under the tongue i think in your case you advise swallowing it um is that correct i just want people to understand because yours definitely had a more profound effect on my energy levels and i think people will be interested in trying that
0: Yeah. Well, so, you know, there, when you're talking about different nutrients that have um, there's a detrimental effect that can happen with stomach acid Um, with methylene blue, the stomach acid actually enhances its absorption. Um, So the problem with sublingual is that there's only so much, like if, if we're going to make something for sublingual, we can only put a tiny amount in there. Right. And so um, Cause it's sitting on the, on the mucosa and um, it's not necessary with methylene blue. And so um, the um, products that I've seen out there that are like in trochee forms and such and sublinguals, one is turns the mouth blue. Most of the people I talk to don't want that. The dosage is really low. And um, according to um, Francisco Gonzalez Lima, who's the foremost authority, he was asked on Joe Mercola's. Um, podcast, which if anybody really wants to take a deeper dive and listen to that, I would really encourage it. It's pretty technical, but really, really interesting. Um, he, he said that sublingual doesn't work and that oral would be the best way to go or IV. We also have methylene blue in a suppository. And um, this is something that can be very powerful with what you have to appreciate with a suppository or rectal um, absorption is that Um, you're going right into the bloodstream, which is great um, because it's bypassing all the breakdown that happens through the stomach acid and the liver. Um, And it's slow released over like five hours or more. And so you kind of have this trickle effect into the bloodstream and there's plenty of time for that nutrient to be swimming in the extracellular matrix so that the cells have time to, to pull it in, you know? Like we have a CoQ10 suppository, right? And so something like that could be very powerful as, as a suppository delivery. We have a polyphenol um, suppository called Lucitol, which has physotin um, and sterol stilbene and quercetin and um, and um, um, a few other, you know, green tea extract. And these are all senolytics, right? So you you hear a lot of people talking about fasting and wanting to clear out those senescent cells. you know, One of the most um, inflammatory cells, is another route that we get a lot of inflammation is with our body hangs on to old, dysfunctional, weak um, cells. And also uh, this happens within the mitochondria. So when we're fasting, our body switches into something called autophagy, which it starts to clean up these senescent cells Which are, you know, again, they're like zombie cells, and so senolytics are substances that really enhance this process. And so, we'll have people fast and also stack on this lusitol and these polyphenols, you know, quercetin and you know a lot of these um, polyphenols that I mentioned that are in lusitol. They don't absorb orally very well, and you can't find them in an injection. And so, these um, rectal delivery routes are just incredibly powerful.
1: So for people who are listening and they might be thinking, well, I've never done this rectal delivery myself. Uh, how are they going to learn to do this?
0: Well, you know, so when I first heard about it, Angela, I, I was like, you know, I'm I'm never going to do that. Right. It just doesn't match. <laughs> I just was uncomfortable. <laughs> and um, at the time I was really sick with Lyme disease. You know, we haven't had a chance to really get into my history, but a lot of these um, understandings and protocols really stem from me needing to fix myself and find out what works for me. And then this created this whole process of being able to pass this forward and help other people become a better clinician. And so when I first started um, using a suppository, it was it was a um, glutathione suppository which really haven't had a time, much time to talk about glutathione, but we also have some glutathione suppositories, glutamax. But the this was this was one of the most powerful things I'd ever tried because I took it before bed and I would literally wake up and feel normal instead of having all this inflammation. And so then that really woke, woke me up to the power of um, suppository. I remember introducing it to Ben Greenfield, right? And so I sent mm-hmm. Ben, who was a friend of both of us, I sent him um, a package of various suppositories. And then I remember he picked up the phone. He says, all right, so um, I stick this up my butt. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> <"Yep."> <laughs> and so he's like, here it goes. But now you talk to him. I mean, he is like, I mean, I remember he was telling me about how many he fit up at one time, you know, cause Ben's kind of, I think he got like um, five or six suppositories all at once, but, um, but it's really not a big deal. And, there in Europe, um, it's it's very common. Here in the mm-hmm. United States, I think it's less common, but it's it's really you don't know it's there. It takes two seconds, and the results can be quite profound. And once I think an individual realizes the power that um, that these supplements take in this way, where it really gets absorbed and utilized in the body, um, and how that can improve your life and your um, well being and your your brain function and your level of happiness and enjoyment of life. um, It's, it's really uh, very easy to make a decision to say, yeah, let me go for it.
1: Makes it all worth it. Um, Are there any side effects to, can anyone, obviously, if the delivery system is, is that effective when it's done delivered directly? um, Is there any, are there any side effects that people might need to build up slowly a tolerance or not with these particular products?
0: Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, certainly you should be working with a healthcare, um, healthcare practitioner with any type of supplement regime. Most of, um, you know, almost half of the sales that we do through Club are um, practitioners that use our products in their clinic and with their patients or health coaches. Um, we do have a lot of individuals and biohackers and just people that are looking to um, improve their health that, that do purchase. I mean, anybody can purchase them. Um, but using them sometimes can be a bit challenging because, um, protocols, and this is one of the reasons that we, we did start the dot, you know, the, the dot club, because we will be adding a lot of material on how to use them so that people can understand it a bit better. Um, some things, um, need to be looked at as far as dosage, like, NAD, um, a lot of people have been hearing about NAD as a um, nootropic as well as a life extension and basically um, a health supplement. We have that in a suppository and a, and a liposomal that are very well um, absorbed. Um, that's not something that you'd wanna take every day, right? Um, it may have some um, negative effects on your ability to clear senescent cells if you were to take NAD all the time, every day. So um, things like that will usually pulse people um, three to five times a day. Um, Sometimes melatonin, we start people with a half a dose and kind of ease them up. Um, And um, there's a number of different nuances that can happen with melatonin dosing, particularly with the higher dose that occasionally happen where it's nice to have um, some, some idea of how to navigate that and to um to dose it correctly
1: interesting um and that's on Club where they can go and they can actually get support as well both for practitioners and the individual yes um what about using methylene blue prior to red light therapy um what how long should people leave um between taking it and then doing a kind of therapy treatment
0: Well, I would say once your urine is blue, you're, you're probably likely to have a good amount of methylene blue in your system. Um, I would say 45 minutes to an hour after consuming it is probably uh, a good um, point. Um, The half-life is 12 hours. Oftentimes I'll take it before bed and then I'll do my red light therapy in the morning and that works out really well.
1: Mm, that was well um what about with exercise is there any downside to taking it prior to exercise
0: oh no no it would be okay. I mean I I would say um you'd probably want to take it. first and see how you respond. Um, there are rare occasions where people might detox right so if it's an healthy individual you might have some die-off or some detox so um knowing how you respond and how you feel first starting out the product might be best before you go and take it before you go on, you know, go cycle or go to the gym or whatnot. But most people um, find that they take it, you know, an hour before going to the gym and that they have some pretty incredible workouts.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
0: There's, um, a, there's another there's another aspect of methylene blue that you it's really hard to find this information, but um, as far as mental emotional well being, um, it does help with depression, but there's this part of the brain, it's called the locus cerullus. Have you heard of this before? The locus cerullus.
1: No, I'd like to hear more about this. I'm intrigued okay.
0: now. So locus cerullus in Latin means. Um, it means blue spot. And the blue spot is right in the very, very middle of the brain. And methylene blue has a impact on this blue spot, which is just, to me, it's like, th- there's almost like these spiritual, like divine aspects of the, this whole thing with methylene blue. And, um, and I do find methylene blue to be something that can be very powerful. Prior to prayer or prior to like different ceremonies if people are involved in psychedelics, I think that um, or or talk therapy or different types of therapies for mental, emotional, spiritual well-being that methylene blue can really have a great utility. And one of the um, really interesting aspects of methylene blue is surrounding something called memory consolidation, and so we have experiences where we store things in our short-term memory, which was, is within the blue spot. So the blue spot kind of acts as like a thumb drive. And when we want to convert this short-term memory to long-term memory, what's really happening is we're, we're kind of like sorting this out and we're filing it appropriately. And, and so we're also not ruminating on it. So once information kind of gets stored in a long-term memory bank, there's a maturity that happens with that information into our system long-term. So um, in order for us to make that switch, there's two things that need to happen. And this happens during sleep, by the way. So when you go to sleep, there has to be two things. One is your stress hormones have to be very low And number two, you have to get adequate REM sleep. So you have to go into REM with low stress hormones, which means that if you're one that stays up late working a lot, um, or you're watching TV and you're having a lot of things that are having negative impacts on your ability to sleep or your level of stress, um, then you're likely not converting your short-term memory to long-term memory. And so what happens is, um, people find, they find that people, um, can't consolidate their memories. And so this might cause a lot of, um, mental health issues and estrogen has a very powerful impact on this whole system as well, where in certain times of the um, menstrual cycle, when estrogen is high, Um, women have a hard time converting this memory as well. And that might explain a lot of the symptoms in PMS. So um, I think that there's some really interesting applications to methylene blue, especially if you combine it with some lifestyle um, aspects of, hey, let's, let's really look in managing the time at night before bed so that we can we can support low stress hormones leading into sleep and then things that are going to prevent us from having REM sleep. Let's really look at that. Like alcohol, um, really, really inhibits REM sleep. Um, you might also look at things like EMF and you might look at, um, um, the room temperature, you know, there's all these different things. Like we, we don't have time to really get into the whole sleep things, but um, there's some great podcasts. If we, you want to have me on, we can kind of dive a little deeper into this as well. Um, but those are some things that I think could have a massive impact on um, someone's um, just mental, emotional well-being. Taking melatonin, I'm sorry, taking methylene blue has been shown to enhance memory consolidation within phobias. And so where they were doing research and they were having people get exposed to things that they were afraid of and then they follow up to see how that how effective that was they found that when they gave people methylene blue the effects were more, more so much more profound so then when they're exposed to something they were afraid of then they can consolidate that memory and go from short term to long term and then it sorts it all itself out or then they're no longer having that phobia to spiders or heights or water or whatever it out whatever it is and it was only one dose of methylene blue that did this. It was the dose right after the therapy.
1: That's really interesting. Really interesting. I mean, it's interesting what you said about alcohol there, because I know I knew that affected REM sleep. And I think that's one of the major reasons, isn't it? That when people say, oh, my God, I got so drunk last night, I can't remember what happened. Actually, it's because the alcohol disrupted that REM sleep. So they don't then form those long term memories. What's curious to me, and I'd love to understand the link a little bit better, is why i um, sufficient REM sleep uh is so affecting mood in particular um as opposed to like i know it helps to deal with uh, emotion i think i've seen stuff in the lecture around the fact that it helps with emotional regulation and processing things and when we talk about you know events that are negative and time being a great healer actually it seems to be that it's REM sleep that's a great healer but how yeah. does it have a, a sort of positive effect on on mood
0: well, you, you know, you think about REM, it's this random eye movement and I, I there's really a lot of interesting uh, thoughts on the position of the eyes and thoughts and, and um, in combination with positions of the eyes, there's different types of therapies and tap therapies and so forth, where they do different eye positions and so forth. So there's something that's happening with neuroplasticity. During REM sleep, that is allowing us, and the best way I could describe it is it's just filing things away so that we're making sense of it. And, you know, if we're still trying to figure out the meaning of all these different thoughts and we're swimming in that, there's a lot of confusion that happens. And um, I think oftentimes when people have stresses like that and confusions, there's a lot of avoidance that happens. And then all that just gets stuffed in the subconscious. And then an individual is being, um, controlled by their subconscious and unconscious mind. Right. And you don't really have a lot of access to that unless you get into things like psychedelic medicines or, um, hypnotism or things like that.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I think we're going to run out of time. I think we can need to do a part two, uh, John, if that's all right with you to come back and talk about melatonin, because that's really, really interesting. I would, um, love to close on the thing that you just mentioned at the very beginning you linked mitochondria obviously it is our life force insofar as uh they help us have energy provide us with energy um but you touched on something there where you spoke about and, and we may have to we have to move this to a part two if if it would take time but you spoke about how the link between optimal mitochondria and universal intelligence and that just kind of piqued my interest um is there time can we can we summarize that in a few minutes or do we need to come back
0: yeah well i'll do my best to try and make it short and sweet um universal intelligence is um it's 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 all around us right so it's it's present it's the expression of universal intelligence that needs fuel and so what happens is that this expression is not fully flowing through our body and so we have um we have this universal intelligence that flows from above through the um crown and it it the the pineal is kind of the the main receiver so it goes through the skull and it get and and through the pineal gland and then we also have this universal intelligence that comes from our the earth and it comes through our root chakra and it converges into the heart. And, um, and this in combination with, um, a lot of aspects of our physical body with regards to connective tissue. Um, I'm a huge fan of, um, working with the, what's called the dura, um, the dura mater, which is the wrapping of the brain and spinal cord. And so these different connective tissues become bound and adhesed, which also affects this expression and that flow of, of this intelligence. And so um, when you start looking at um, this whole aspect of health, you know, we want to start looking at the stressors that can inhibit the flow of energy and the flow of this universal intelligence is chemical, chemical infections, um, structural situations like these adhesions. So I um, treat these with this endonasal balloon, adjustment called functional cranial release. I also wrote a book on that. If anybody's interested in diving into it, it's called, it's all in your head. And it's also on Amazon. Um, And then there's, um, you know, metabolic headwinds where you're starting to talk about the mitochondria. So um, there, these, these, um, these things all need to be looked at and they can all, all have an, an impact. And I think that's why the healthcare practitioner of today needs to be versed in more than just one modality, you know, uh, acupuncture, just doing needles mm, doesn't really have the impact it did back, you know, 20 years ago, chiropractor, just adjusting the spine. Um, So that's why at our clinic, we're looking at, you know, things like the methylene blue and the melatonin and the the doorways that we talked about. Um, We're looking at structural things that could be inhibiting this life force and various mental, emotional, um, um, aspects and, um, you know, basically toxic thought forms, uh, that aren't allowing that expression as well. I am looking at my computer. Hold on, wait, I can plug this in okay good i was like literally my computer almost ran out of battery i was
1: about to go <laughs> i think we've run out of time anyway it's so fascinating talking to you we haven't touched on melatonin i'd love to have you back to talk about that i think it would be really really interesting it's such an important uh molecule as you say um in the meantime i think definitely my audience is going to want to find out more about you you've mentioned if you booked there the Mitozen club uh Definitely the methylene blue I found to be very powerful for me in terms of energy. And uh, mm-hmm. we didn't even get onto the mitos spray. There's so much more I feel here. Um, so yeah. I'd love to have you back. If you, if you are able to do that. Um, I'd love
0: to. Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's one of the few social media outlets that I, I actually chime in on, um, fairly regularly at Dr. John Laurence. Um, at Dr. John Lawrence. And then drjohnlarence.com is a site that um, we have information about events that we have here in Sarasota. And then the clinic is advancedrejuvenation.us. Um, the mitozen.club is um, a ten dollar lifetime membership fee. Um, you basically just click um, 10 bucks and then you can enter the store and shop around and Um, We're going to be having a lot of great content. So if you like kind of what you heard in this podcast and you want more information like that, um, that'll be a great portal for you.
1: Amazing. We will link to all of that in the show notes. And I think you've provided a discount code as well that we will pop in there in terms of the products. Um, So everyone listening can find that in the show notes. awesome and we'll link to your instagram and everything else i love sarasota oh my goodness it's one of my favorites i used to go every summer to florida because my parents had a place out there so used to spend every summer uh in florida and we used to head down to sarasota it's absolutely oh. beautiful
0: wow yeah. it would be great it would be great to host you here if you come
1: oh i'd love that that would be amazing it's yeah. beautiful yeah i'd love that thank you john
0: you're welcome well angela thank you so much for having me i really appreciate um being on your podcast here. And um, I'm sure that all of the people that are listening to this are amazing people, because you're amazing.
1: (laughs) Thank you. As are you. I really enjoyed our conversation. I can't wait to have you back and talk more. Um, I just love the way you tie it all together with universal intelligence and connection. That's just kind of totally my bag.
0: Oh, thank Um, you.
1: um, Amazing. And uh, we can perhaps dive into your story with Lyme next time as well. Uh, learn more about that yeah 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 the history behind it all um thank you so much for coming on today and i'm going to thank you in advance for coming back our teams i think will connect and we'll we'll get that sorted out uh and thank you for your time If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favourites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started and I'll see you on the inside.